0: says this, let this be our meditation this morning. In the beginning was the Word. This is Jesus. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Let's let our hearts soak on that this morning as we sing these lines. And what No. sin and God's wrath, and yet uh, this year, there's been, even in, as we've walked with Christ this year, there's been a lot of darkness, and we've, we're wanting to carve out space over the next couple of months in worship just to begin to grieve those things. It could be something as simple but as hard as uh, maybe not seeing family for the holidays, and it, it could it could be something as drastic as losing a loved one over this past year, and uh, we just want to take time in the space of worship to grieve those things and then to turn to Him as the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords amen, to turn back in worship, to turn that back around in praise to him, even in suffering. And so I want to focus in on this verse, in the darkness we were waiting without hope and without light, and yet Jesus came. That's what Christmas was, is he was the light of the world and the darkness can't overcome him. So this morning we sing this out, even in suffering, even in difficulty, we sing these words.
1: In the darkness we were
0: this morning
1: is any His the word
0: and honor and praise and glory. I love the picture that we see in Revelation of you opening the scroll and then of you binding Satan, of you having victory over sin and death and all of the principalities and powers of evil and of darkness. Lord Jesus, after a year like this, that's hope, that you are the light in the darkness, the Lion of Judah that fights for his people. So we bow before you and worship you this morning. Lord Jesus, have your glory Take your glory this morning. Take your honor and your praise. Take our hearts for worship for you. Take my heart for surrender. You are worthy of that, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I hope you had a great Christmas season uh, so far. And um, just uh, if you are new with us in this house or online, would you take out your phone right now and text the word welcome to the number that you see on the screen. Uh, what, what we'll do in the next few days, one of our staff will reach out to you. And just to get to know you a little bit better, uh, they'll be in touch. So they can answer any questions that you might have. And uh, yeah, just to get to know you and then you can get to know them too. Uh, coming up in January, we have another session of Alpha kicking off, but it's not gonna be in this room. It's gonna be out and about in different spaces, in homes and online. And so if you wanna be a part of Alpha, uh, all you have to do is sign up at thefreshwater.church alpha. And Alpha is in a ministry where you, you can come in, you can ask questions about faith. You may have questions about faith in life and wanna wrestle through those with a group of people, and this is a great way to do that. Or maybe you know someone that's wrestling through that kind of stuff, bring them, uh, invite them. Uh, They're also offering the ability to host one in your home. So if you want to host a group there, uh, you can sign up in that same spot, thefreshwater.church backslash alpha, uh, and they would love for you to do that uh, and minister to people in that way. Uh, Every week, we try to pray for one of our international workers. And this week, we're gonna pray for uh, Ken Kutzel, who is in Niger. He is... Uh, working at an institute there as a teacher. And there's three things that we're gonna pray for him. They've had a, just like everyone else, they've had a rough year and during the pandemic, but they also had a ton of flooding over the fall that uh, affected a, a their building and their facilities. And so uh, we wanna pray for them and just just ask God to continue to bless the ministry there, even though they're having to do remote and some other things that are just different for them as well. So uh, if you want, you can take your phone out. Uh, it'll be up on the screen. You can take a picture of that just to pray for Ken throughout the week. You can have that, uh, but let's go to, to God in prayer uh, and ask him uh, to just be kind to Ken. Lord God, uh, we see your power in the songs that we sang this morning as the King of Kings that oversees all the earth, the sovereign over everything. Lord, you've seen the year that Ken and uh, his colleagues have had with the flooding and the pandemic. And um, Lord, you know they're there to teach and to minister to people. And so God, we just ask a blessing over them that you would refresh their spirit If they are discouraged, Lord, would you refresh them by your Holy Spirit? Encourage them through one another. And Lord, we pray for some of the the people that are at the school, Lord. Uh, We just ask that you would open doors for the staff uh, to to speak to people about you, uh, that you would make a way, even as they're remote and doing some things that are completely different, not able to see each other as much, would you make a way for for, uh, your purposes to move forward for your kingdom? to take place. Would you break through in the darkness of that place? Jesus, you're the light of the world. We claim that this morning. Break through in the darkness of Niger. And Lord, we also ask that you would just um, bless uh, the families that are over there during the holidays, Lord. As hard as it is probably to be away, Lord, would they sense just an overwhelming uh, comfort in each other and in your, your presence, Lord. Pour out your presence upon them. May they see afresh your incarnation, that you are with them. And would you draw near to them this morning, Lord, as they worship or as they do what they do. And Lord, uh, there's a group of students from another place over there that have been kidnapped. Lord, we pray your protection, that you would send your angels to guard them and surround them, that you would put a hedge all the way around them, Lord, that you would, even by your angels, scare those that have kidnapped them, that, that they would be afraid to do anything to your people. Guard them, deliver them, Lord, we ask. By your power and your might, and Lord, we worship you. We join with Ken in just worshiping you. He's given his life for you, Lord. We join in that and worshiping you and saying you're worthy of that Lord. in Jesus name. Amen
2: Thanks, Jake. Good to see you guys this morning. We had a great Christmas Eve uh, service that was a, that was a first <laughs> outside in the snow uh that was just really cool really special um if you're able to make that uh this morning uh i just want to i'm going to be speaking out of second thessalonians easy for me to say chapter 2 uh verse 13 if you want to turn there second thessalonians 2 and uh it's uh sets up this whole these verses are set up by paul and what the thessalonian church was going through and uh, I want to show you a video clip, so you're going to see this. It may be a lag, but go ahead and press play on this, guys. And um, it, it may be kind of a metaphor of what our year has been uh, been like, so uh, it could be a five to ten second lag. Um, hopefully they're, they're going forward with it, because it was a little unresponsive earlier this morning. i right there the name of that ship was actually called 2020 just just saying so the music is supposed to be ironic right so it's supposed to be funny but uh, I don't know whether you took that really seriously I would hate to be on that ship but how many of you feel like that has been 2020 and we're all just hoping right nobody's saying it, but we're all hoping 2021 isn't like that ship there um it goes on and on. There's actually more footage of it. We cut it short, um, and that would have been a very miserable trip. But it's a great picture of what's happened in our lives these, these past months. And what happened in the church in this town of Thessalonica was something similar. So the, the church was under severe pressure, persecution, persecution. Uh, people were against it, trying to cancel them out of culture, as it were, uh, trying to get them out of town, trying to shut down what they were doing. Part of it had to do with that. Part of it, if you look at uh, the passage there, is there was people within the ter- church teaching. Uh, it was false doctrine, false teaching. And so they were battling that, so part of the letter, Paul was writing to them, just saying, hey, look, look, I know this is going on, I know you've got this going on, and, and it's just, it's really difficult. And our storm isn't necessarily the same storm, but it's still a storm, and it's still been very difficult. And what Paul does is, is he lays out chapter 1, and he lays out chapter 2, he, he talks about all the stuff that's been going on, and then he gets to verse 13 of chapter... When he says this, he says, But we ought to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work. Paul writes this, uh, sets it up, and then he writes these words here because he knows they're discouraged. And he knows they've had a hard time. And he summarizes it by saying, but guys, I want you to understand some things here. As you look at this, let me give you some perspective. And back in November, I, I spoke on comfort, and we looked at Isaiah, those several chapters in Isaiah, and God coming to the Israelites after they'd been decimated and, and the nation was destroyed and giving them promises, I'm going to restore you. This, this message goes off of that theme, but it's different and Paul writes about what they're going through, and, and then what he says is, hey, this is how you find comfort, or this is what God wants to say to you in the middle. And I felt like I just sense as I was praying through this, I was like, Yeah, preach this, this passage here. And so Paul says, Hey, look, in the middle of this, I want you to understand something. One, first, be thankful. Be thankful. And he says, be thankful because you have been chosen. God chose you. You're the first fruits. Now, if, if you garden, and you, you start in the spring, and if you've got uh, a greenhouse, you just get start early, started early. If, those, if you're like us, we don't have a greenhouse, and so we plant. And it takes forever for us to get that first fresh produce out of the garden, Right? you're we're out there and we're always wondering and when is it going to come is it going to grow how long is it going to take but the first time you get to pick something and bring it in that's that's the first fruit and paul says you're the first of this kingdom of god the gospel god shows you to be first And so he says, I want you to give thanks because he chose you. Ephesians says this. He chose us in him before the creation of the world. Jesus talks about that. It's written through multiple times in the New Testament about this idea that God chose us. And it's as if if they're on this boat in this sea, and Paul, with this forceful manner, is, is kind of pulling their attention to him and saying, hey, look, pay attention to this look, be thankful first. God's chose you. He's chosen you to be part of salvation. And he says, first, as you look at this, it's the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Like, how do you know that chosenness? Just real quick. He says, through sanctification by the Spirit, which is this idea that God comes in and he transforms our lives, right? He begins to change us, like who we were and who we are today. Two different things. My my brother, older brother, was here in town, and we were just talking a little bit about way back in the, the day, you know, back when we were in high school, which is so many years ago, and just how different we are from then and now and the change and the transformation and there was a there was a friend he was just referencing and who he had run with that was just really really in, <laughs> off the deep end and hadn't talked to this guy or met with this guy in in decades and uh the guy calls him up out of the blue and says, "Hey let's get together," and my brother's like i don 't do that stuff anymore." and the guy's like no i 've changed i 've changed and we got to talk, and what changed him was the Holy Spirit that that 's that's part of this, as, as we're in the middle of this, is remembering, okay, wait a minute, we can, we can stop and say thanks to God for our salvation, for the work, the transformation that's happening, even in the middle of all that's going on. Like that stuff can happen no matter if a storm is going or not going, the Holy Spirit can be, even in the storm, using the storm to change us and transform us and make us more like Him. And so he says, be thankful for that. He also says, be thankful because it's not only just that the Holy Spirit is sanctifying you in the middle of the storm, but it's the belief in truth that you have. Like, you know the truth, you believe in this. A belief that changed our life. It's God choosing us, and yet there's this, there's this decision that we've made to believe. And so Paul says, be thankful for these things. And then he goes on, he says, not only are you chosen, and these are the, the repercussions of being chosen, but it's also you've been called, he says in verse 14, called you through the gospel. So that you may obtain the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, call has to do not with what has happened before creation. Calling has to do with what's happened in your life specifically. So God has come along, and he has called you, and he has spoken to you, and he said, hey, come follow me, right? It's this follow the gospel idea. And he says, as you follow me, and you hear this call, and you say yes to it, you share in the glory of Christ. And it's hard to articulate the glory of God. I mean, it's, it's, it's everything that's right superior about him, the radiance of him, the splendor of his presence. It's the, the moment when you look at the Christmas story, these angels come and the, and the shepherds bow down and, and the, the angels are like, no, no, don't bow to me because we're nothing. Don't, don't come to us and pretend like we're God, like we're not God. And yet, these angels were amazing, and yet God is so much more superior. And he's saying, look, you get to share in this. God has called you. You have responded, and you share in this glory. And he gives this conclusion. He says, so then, verse 15, brothers... Stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us either by our spoken word or by our leather. He he gives this conclusion and he says these famous words stand firm. Which is interesting because they're actually it's actually a phrase that sailors used. It's a Greek phrase that the the mariners right the the sailors of their time would say stand firm and what does that look like well that's that's this right that's your feet apart and then he says and hold fast so it's you're standing firm and you're holding fast to something that is not going to move isn't that interesting and you see, you see people trying to spread their legs, and they're trying to hold on to something, and everything is moving. And there's a few people that, that hold on to it. The guys in the front part of the thing, they're holding on to something that's bolted down, and they're okay. It's the people that are holding on to things that are moving. Chairs. Couches. And he says this it's it's that great picture of being on a boat he says stand firm and hold fast to what hold fast to the traditions you were taught by us either by our spoken word or by our letter what that would be is as they were teaching they were teaching the gospel the letter effectively this became the new testament The traditions is also the inclusion of what we would call the Old Testament. He's saying, look, you want to stand firm, you want to hold fast, it's all connected to the Word. It's all connected to the Word. And the the interesting thing is hold fast, or stand firm, hold fast, is in the grammatical tense, it's a, It's present imperative, meaning do it and ongoing. Do it and keep on doing it and never stop. It's the present continuous imperative. Stand firm and hold on to the word. You know, this past year, I have read, I have probably on my own read read more of the Bible than I have in my entire life. And I don't think it was an accident that set out to do that. Um, and I wish I would have read it a whole lot more than I have on my own personal time. But I have read through the Bible. I've been in the Bible more than I ever have in my life. And it really is this, this anchor, this solid ground this thing that holds me fast i wonder how much are you in the word as you've gone through 2020 and what's your plan for 2021 there's all kinds of ways to, to get into the word, right? To stand firm and hold fast to this word. There's all kinds of ways. I mean, we have, church. our church offers Bible studies. There's uh, Bible read-through apps. That, I mean, that's what I use. Maybe you just read a passage over and over again. Maybe you read a book over and over again. I, I don't know. But if you're discouraged if you feel like all you're doing is going this way and that way in life and you're just getting tossed around, this, this, is what, this is what gets us stabilized. This is what helps us stand firm. I know it sounds old school and old fashioned. I don't know online if you're listening. It, it's just a 2,000 year old idea. Actually, it's way older than that. It stood the test of time, of storms, like really bad storms. This, this past year, I've read through it twice. I'm, I'm back going through it again for a third time. I'm, I'm underlining stuff. I've, I've got questions about things. Like, why does God bring up Balaam so much? Like, I don't understand that. I got questions about Balaam. I got to go study Balaam. But then I get into these other things and, and how powerful it is. I'm in Judges or Joshua again, and they're taking the land. I'm just over and over again. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. You just hear it again and again and again. And that's what happens when you get in the word. And he goes on after that. After saying all these things, he goes into a short prayer. Verse 16. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God the Father. Hold on there. That, that's a Trinitarian reference right here. You have the Holy Spirit, you have the Son, and you have the Father all in two verses, or three verses here. This is just free, no charge, you're welcome. Uh, just wanna point that out. That's, that's a trinity right there, in these three verses here. And what you see is the Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father, who loved us. The word there, who, that pronoun, it's not plural in the Greek, it's singular. It, like, what, like how can it be sing- They're one. This is a great verse, regarding the Trinity, and seeing them all. Actually, you see the Holy Spirit up in verse 14, or 13. You see the Spirit sanctified by the Spirit, and you see the Lord Jesus Christ, and you see our Father, and then you have the singular who, and, and, and you, you see that it's, it's God one, right? Three persons, unified, equal. Just a, a cool observation, and you're welcome. I'll, I'll move on. So Paul says this, um, Now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us, I love this, gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace. Good hope, not bad hope. Good hope. So he sets us up. He says, this is our God, right, who's given us eternal comfort so we know what's coming. We don't have to worry about the end. We know what's coming on the other side. He's given us really good hope. It's not false hope. It's good hope. But I love what he does here. He actually moves into this idea of having given us all that, I'm still going to ask God to do something right now for you. Isn't that interesting? Like you have, I have eternal Hope or we have this eternal comfort that comes and we've got this hope in us that's a good hope. But he says, but I'm going to pray something that God does something for you in this moment. He says, I'm going to pray that God would comfort your hearts and establish them in every good and work and word. He would help him in the storm. May God comfort your heart. And establish it in every good work and word. We, you know, we've talked to, as a staff just, uh, and we've heard this just in the stuff that we're leading or reading and um, and observing and watching. There's an accrual that happens um, in trauma, and trauma is always a spectrum, right? And and trauma can be anything from obviously pain death but it can also be change it can also be loss it can be all kinds of things and there's a spectrum of of what that looks like and what hits high and what hits low and your your spectrum of what trauma is is going to be different than somebody else's but the problem is over time the more trauma you have over a sustained period it's not the first hit it's the second, and it's the third, and it's the fourth, and it's the fifth, and they ne- may never actually get up to like an eight or nine or ten. It may never be that bad, but it's the fives and it's the fours that just keep coming and coming and coming, and, and over time, I mean, we tell ourselves, well, it's, it's only a four. Well, It's only a five. Well, maybe that's a six, but it's not a ten, right? And that's what we keep telling ourselves, and the problem is, over time, those things begin to wear us down. And sometimes it can be the 10. And, and these things that are true, eternal comfort and, and good hope that are within us, it, it's like it, it just starts to, we, we start to get clouded and we start to feel like, uh, feel and think like what uh, how do I know that's coming? I know that's good, but uh, I'm right here. And I love that Paul writes, may God comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. The idea obviously is comfort. Is God coming alongside you in this moment or in this week ahead or in the weeks ahead and saying, you're gonna be okay. Like right now. Not after you die. You're gonna be okay. And it may not be that life changes, but you're gonna be okay. And then the idea of establishing is God literally taking your foot and my foot and, and one at a time placing the foot here and saying stand there and then literally lifting the foot and saying stand there and, and sometimes he says don't move and sometimes he says walk. But every step established by, it. that's what Paul's prayer is. Would you make every step they take Secure, firm. You know, it's, uh, I- I've read this, uh, this. I don't know what you would call it, this statement, um, sermon. I'm not sure how he would have articulated it, but it was written by a guy in Africa. And he had been under pretty extreme persecution, threats. Uh, people were against him. It wasn't an easy life at all. Uh, plenty of opportunity for discouragement, much like 2 Thessalonians, different than maybe what we're experiencing but obviously feeling the discouragement and the sadness and the, the heartache. And you may have read this, but he wrote this right before he was killed for his faith. It may be familiar to you. I, I wanna read it to show it is possible To have God comfort us. It is possible for us to have God make every step established in him. It's possible to stand firm and to hold on to the truth. It is. It's very possible. We don't have to just languish through this and somehow hope it's over. We can actually thrive in the middle of this. And this is what he wrote. He said this, I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed, my present makes sense, my future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarfed goals. My face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions few Guide, reliable, my mission clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, and paid up and preached up. For the cause of Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till all know, and work till he stops me. And then when he comes for his own, he will have no problems recognizing me. My banner will be clear. What he wrote is not humanly possible. And if those words, like you're, you're hearing that and you go, that is just so not where I am that I want you to pay attention to your soul. If you're listening right now and you're, you're thinking, I can't even get there. I want you to listen to your soul then. If your soul is saying, I am not there, pay attention to it. Because a lot of other people won't be. They won't be paying attention to your soul. Only you can pay attention to your soul. And if your soul is saying, I can't even get there, I just, I'm just trying to hang on and I'm trying to stand firm, then pay attention to that. And if that is you, are you in this? If that is you where this has been so overwhelming and, and you can't even get on the news anymore and you can't even read that, you have to check out from all of that, all the chaos and all the negativity and all the whatever. Listen to that. Pay attention to that. You're not weak. You're just normal. And the only way we stand firm and hold fast, the only way we take a step is him. who has done this work of choosing us and calling us and putting in us this comfort. It's the only way we stand firm. And in those moments where it's it's fresh and it's so real, we stop and we pray, Oh, Lord, comfort me. I can't go on. Comfort me. It's hard to stand up. Hold me firm. Let me pray. Lord, would you right now bring comfort? Would you set people's feet firm? Lord, would you give a vision for each one of us as we come into this next year? I just pray for every person here, Lord. Would you confirm the, that you have chosen each person? Would you confirm their calling? we come into this year with fresh eyes, knowing the storm is here, and able to stand firm and hold fast? That 2021 would not catch us unaware of the waves that may hit. Lord would you would you just fan into flame that good hope you talk about that eternal comfort would you just stir it up in, in the hearts of those who are following you in this room online Lord would you find us as a people with our feet spread handling the waves our hands holding on to your truth that we're steady through this storm i pray that jesus for everyone in your name amen As you go, um, we're, we're going to dismiss from the back. One of the cool things, though, this is good news. Uh, last week we had probably, uh, it's so funny, we had a, a record offering. Um, we normally need around 25000 a week, and we had uh, over the past weeks with being shut down and, and people not coming in, giving, uh, so giving had been going down a little bit, <laughs> a lot, and uh, so last week we had like this massive offering of like $60,000, so uh, <laughs> so. Hey, if you're thinking of it and uh, you want to give, there's the boxes there in the back. If you're online, you want to send those in. Uh, That would be great. But uh, God bless you all. And uh, I love saying it, said it so many times. See you next year. So.